Hello, hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Three Things in Search. My name is Pedro Diaz. Three Things in Search is a weekly podcast where I pick apart and comment on the three most relevant search topics from last week. For this episode, I'm going to touch on how Google can process JavaScript redirects, the Core Web Vitals metrics, where I'll rent a bit around the ranking factors and misconceptions, and the Google Search Central Live conference coming this week, which I was announced last week. So on the first topic, Google can process JavaScript redirects. Uh, on Wednesday last week, Gary Eish replied to a question on Twitter regarding redirects. The specific question was around uh, Gitbook not supporting 301 redirects and claiming 302 were just as good. Gary replied that his JavaScript redirects worked fine with Google Webmasters blog because it's on a blogspot platform. Uh, so 302 wouldn't do much harm in this case either. I'm going to take the opportunity and ride on this topic a bit to extend on a few things. Regarding the JavaScript processing, so we've debating in the JavaScript impact in search performance for quite a while now. And this whole topic of JavaScript SEO that sprouted like in 2014 or so, just to address this, until today, it seems to ignore the fact that there are basic UX principles of progressive enhancement and graceful degradation. And these have been around for years now. And if folks on web development in SEO space would sometimes search a little bit and try to understand this, we'd probably not be needing the new JavaScript SEO topic. So we all know that JavaScript is expensive to process because it demands resources, basically. This is just the simple fact that to make it easy to understand why any JavaScript feature might not follow the same timeline of a normal crawl in parsing, indexing, uh, uh, in all the pipeline. So for Google to process anything JavaScript related, it needs to it needs to, to, to crawl and process it, which can only happen after a crawl and then the initial stages of parsing the HTML. So this means that any JavaScript feature is going to feel asynchronous. It's going to feel delayed. Well, of course, it needs resources. And by using JavaScript features, you're basically relaying to Google the control of whatever these JavaScript features accomplish. This means that if your JavaScript triggers a redirect and you're relaying to Google the control of that redirect, it's obviously going to take more time to, until it's reflected. If your JavaScript injects content into the HTML and you're relaying to Google that, that rendering that content, if Google doesn't render it, it will likely won't be parsed and indexed, and so on. So now regarding the redirects part, and this is most in line with under understanding of the 301s and 302, so the 300 kind of group of redirects, the key to understand how these redirects behave is time and consistency. 
We have two popular types of redirects that websites deal with. The 301 redirects, which we learn to call and are defined as permanent redirects, and the 302, which are called temporary redirects. If these are used properly and consistently for what they were intended, they will likely work as expected. A permanent redirect is expected to be permanent, a, te a temporary redirect is expected to be temporary. The problem begins when a temporary redirect becomes permanent, uh, usually because it has been in place for so long that Google decides that the actual intent was for it to be permanent and not temporary. So Google has decided that if it continues to see a 302 redirect after, after a longer than expected period of time, it will start to treat it as a 301. So while you get the ranking benefit of a 301 in a much shorter time frame, a longer time frame will be needed in order to get the same benefit out of a 302 redirect. But it doesn't mean it won't be there. The outcome of this is whatever aspects of your site you can control, you shouldn't relay control to Google, be it in infrastructure or website technology. Google is trying to be smart and make the best decisions for you, but it usually never goes well when you let the machine interpret your non-explicit intentions. Okay, so now onto the second topic, Google Core Web Vitals and metrics and ranking factors. So there has been quite a lot of noise around Core Web Vitals, which is understandable given all the novelty around it and the new set of metrics that Google has dressed it up with. SEO has always been driven by chasing factors. And while there are some that understand that factors are just a small part of the whole system and adopt a more holistic approach, the majority still doesn't operate that way. The way I see it is Google was smart in luring SEOs to start going in the right direction. They've set a set of values associated with thresholds like carrot stick approach and then told everyone these would be incorporated as ranking factors. The sites that managed to meet those would get a ranking boost coming 20, May 2021. Truth is, Google uh, and the Core Web Vitals are just uh, the starting point of everything that makes a good user experience. And the smart SEOs will be looking at improving beyond these three, these three basic metrics because they know Google will move the goalposts. I mean, they've already started moving the goalposts. Like last week, they made some changes to the thresholds on the 17th of February changing the metrics to include the cutoff value instead of excluding it, meaning this will make more URLs meet the defined thresholds for Core Web Vitals. But Core Web Vitals are just a tie-breaking factor. I expect the impact to be very small along the lines of what we've seen with HTTPS. Everyone is going around running and expecting some get-on kind of impact, but this is the least likely scenario. 
given the same set of importance, Google will never prefer technical correctness over content value. I usually say that SEO doesn't create value where value does not exist, meaning fast crap is still crap. Uh, and relevancy and quality, and if you want to call it EAT, will not be traded for speed or overall website performance. So I would argue that while the impact will mostly go unnoticed for sites that play in normal search results, it might make some more differences for websites that depend on Google Discover traffic, since Discover has historically been very volatile, from experience and observations, I mean, there is no scientific study that I did on this, but from experience and observations, I would throw in the hypothesis that Google is more likely to throw slow sites out of Discover than uh, from regular search results. So it might make sense for people to that depend on this kind of Discover and top stories and all the search traffic that let leans heavily mobile to work on this. So, and this is mostly my rant on the core web vitals and the impact that they will have. The third topic is a Google Search Central Live conference coming up. Uh, Google announced that they will host a live conference on the 24th of February, aimed at professionals and anyone interested in search. There will be some presentations from professionals in the area and chats with Google search folks. I don't think this will be an, an event with open questions for the public, but rather a defined line of topics where that Google deems of interest for general public and for SEOs in particular. So this is gonna take place between midnight and 1.35 a.m. for everyone like me on GMT time. But uh, it should be fun to watch, especially if you are just starting in SEO. There will be lots of good advice there, so I recommend to participate if you can. And mostly this is it for this week. If you like the podcast, please rate it in your podcast marketplace of choice. If you came across a specific topic or have a subject you'd like me to comment on, feel free to hit me on Twitter. I'm at Pedro Diaz. If I haven't covered it before and I find it relevant and interesting, I'll try to include it. Hope this was useful. This is Three Things in Search. I'm Pedro Diaz. See you next week.